Friday here, the Friday edition of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Adam, Scott, and Chris with you here. We will get you the list of two-star pitchers for next week and tell you our favorites. We'll recap Thursday's action. We'll do some hay real quick. We will follow up on a classic edition of Fantasy Regulators from yesterday and, of course, give you a prospects report. Happy Kokomo Friday, guys. Are you in a nice, relaxed Friday state? I'm all right. I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. Good. You know who was near Kokomo last week, actually, is Heath. Is It's down in the Florida Keys, right? Near There's the a place Florida called Kokomo. Florida Keys, exactly. How'd Key you know? Largo. Montego. Yeah. Baby, why don't we go? There. We should have asked him. Uh, instead, let's talk about baseball. And let's talk about yesterday's standouts, guys. Kind of a cold intro. Just get right to it. Who stood out to you in yesterday's games? Well, Adam, since you were <clears throat> so kind to ask, I will tell you that one person who stood out is a favorite of Chris's, Jose Barrios. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I was, I, I, I had to go on Twitter yesterday and just say I was wrong about him. <laughs> but the thing is, I was very confident and loud about how wrong I was, and I think that, that makes up. That's for the it. best way to be wrong, so that everybody remembers. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yes, he's good. I have a hey real quick. Hey real quick, Jose Barrios or Blake Snell? I'll still go with Blake Snell. Yeah, yeah, but I, they're in the same category. What's interesting about Barrios, and I don't know, I don't know how much we should dismiss this or not, but uh, his his numbers would look substantially better if not for that weird three start stretch where um, he had a total of four strikeouts. Because now he's up to four games with eight or more strikeouts, and yet he's at he's like at right at a strikeout per inning for the season, right? Because of what happened during those three starts when I, I don't know, it's be, it defies explanation because it was such a departure from everything else he's done this year, right? But he's uh, he's been ace caliber more starts than not. Yes, and I believe Paul Molitor was talking about. Uh, Jose Barrios's confidence, and I remember I said I remember which start it was. I think it was the one that was in Puerto Rico. It's like when he's good, you wonder how is this guy ever bad. And he since then he's just been outstanding. Jose Barrios in his last five starts has a 2.63 ERA, five walks, 44 strikeouts, and 37 and two thirds, 14 percent swinging strikes, and he's gone seven or more innings in four of those five starts. He's absolutely a must start, and he's a total stud. You guys are still going to take Blake Snell ahead of Jose Brios. Uh, Chris Towers, standout from Thursday's games. Uh, let's talk about Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, I picked him up for zero dollars in a pretty yeah, deep five outfielder league. The he has five home runs in his last five games. Mm-hmm. He has six cut, for the season, by the way. Yeah, he has <laughs> cut his strikeout rate like in half. I think from where it was two years ago. Now we he's, saw he is striking out at a D Gordon like rate. A guy who 
who's you know all of his all the all the hype and and all the expectations were were derailed by how often he struck out and now he's like a contact hitter it's crazy yeah and he he's improved his contact rate but for the most part i think it's just he's not swinging at bad pitches anymore it's like his contact rate in 2015 his rookie season was 66.7% that's really bad it's been 75, 77, 79% the last three years. So he's steadily improved. He's improving his play discipline. Now the one thing to keep in mind, and I think the reason why you probably can't add him in a three outfielder league, is they don't really want him facing lefties. I think he has 21 plate appearances against lefties all season. That's going to limit the the counting stats. Even if he can continue to hit well, and he's got an 858 OPS on the season now. Uh, not facing lefties regularly is obviously a, a limiting factor. Yeah, it is. But this is, I, I think this is the most excited we've been able to get about Jack Peterson in a long time because I, I hadn't even noticed these improvements he had made Same. because <laughs> he was stuck at a, he was stuck at one home run right. for so long. Fact check. I'm always excited about Jack Peterson. <laughs> yeah, that's that we have been excited about Jack Peterson, and that's why. After he hit the two home runs yesterday, the only league I was looking to pick him up in was probably my deepest league. Uh, well, you, maybe, Scott, maybe we should have taken a look in the 16-team three outfielder league, but we didn't, and somebody else picked him up. But it's it's for now, for me, it's deep leagues, as, as Chris was mentioning, the whole lefty situation. I just want to look up what he did I in the World Series. I don't think he's dissimilar from Kyle Schwarber. Well, like I Kyle just, Schwarber plays know, a little bit more against lefties, but he still sits against a fair share of lefties, you know. Similar caliber of prospect, actually. I know, the, but he really the total but Peterson, major league production is pretty similar. But Peterson just really hasn't done. It. I mean, he's been such a bust in the in the majors, and we've gotten excited about him before. Uh, he he hit fifty one homers over a span. Are of two you disagreeing seasons. with not, me? Let's Are you disagreeing? Ha- let's not say he hasn't. Let's not say he's been a bust. Oh, he has so far. He absolutely has. a fantasy. Then, a fantasy bust. Kyle, the Dodgers had no intention of playing him. Then Kyle the Schwarber has been a, a, fan, bust. a, a fantasy bust. A fantasy bust. He's never. And Kyle Schwarber has been like the only reason Jock Peterson has gotten the opportunities he has is because Corey Seager got hurt and Chris Taylor had to move to the infield. Okay, wait, yes. wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sometimes I really feel like Chris and I live in different planets. I mean, different planets. Like, we're taught. I compared him to Kyle Schwarber, <laughs> right. and you're saying Jock Peterson is a bust, but Kyle Schwarber isn't. Like, well, what are we doing? First here? of all, I never said anything about Kyle Schwarber. I'm saying that right, Jock. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm saying that Jock Peterson has been a fantasy bust. There really has not been. Too much of a time when he has been all that fantasy relevant. That's all I'm okay. saying. That, that's not the case for Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber has given you second half of last year. He gave you good fantasy production. He was probably somebody you wanted to start. Okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. But it's true. I mean, so this is this is all I'm saying. Like this is the fourth full season for Jock Peterson. Yes. It's hard to really buy in from like a seven game stretch, but at that's the same fun. time, you know the pedigree. You know what he did in the World Series last year. Uh, yes. Three home runs. So sure, deeper leagues. Let's add him. I think. I think now we're back on. We're back on the same planet. I'm not no. sure which planet that is, but we're we are there together, Chris. You're on planet wrong, Adam. <laughs> You're a planet jerk. All right, who's your favorite two-star pitcher to pick up for next week? Owned in less than seventy percent of leagues. I'm getting frustrated with this exercise because I feel like every time it comes around this year, I'm like, there's nobody that. Interesting or, or worth using. Like every every three weeks, it's a good week. Yeah, like, it's like every three weeks, it's a <laughs> bunch of stars, and then the next week is a bunch of really interesting number three or number four starters who have low ownership, and then the next two weeks, it's like eh, 
Trevor Williams stinks. But this feels like a new development where, and, and it's, it's partly because there are so many, like this week there are five teams playing five games. Mm. And obviously that eliminates a two start option for, for each of them, more or less. There may be a case where somebody skips a start or whatever, but, um, like that, that's part of the, okay, there are more off days built into the season. And I, I just wonder because of how it, how it's, we've experienced it. Um, if streaming two start pitchers is even as viable of a strategy as, as it, it used to be, because the best I could come up with for the video I'm going to shoot later is Zach Wheeler and CC Sabathia. I'm not actually excited to start either of them, but that's the best I could offer. So I... remember, oh, sorry, I just want to correct something I said earlier in the week. I, I said that I wasn't sure about Sabathia because I didn't know if that start against the Nationals was the resumption of the game that got delayed. That actually, that is not happening until like another month or something like, or a few weeks. I don't know. This, this is a, a true full game that they're playing at home. I didn't realize they had uh, two at home and two on the road this year with the Nationals. So Sabathia is most definitely a two-star pitcher, and he has the Nationals at home and the Rays on the road. Go ahead, Chris. Um, I'm probably a little bit interested in Jordan Lyles. I think there's definite bust potential as we've seen recently, but I like some of the changes that he's made with his curveball, the velocity gains that he's had since coming back to the rotation. We have seen flashes of really good stuff. The matchups aren't great. St. Louis actually isn't a terrible matchup right now. They've been kind of scuffling, except for Matt Carpenter. Uh, and then the Braves have come down to earth. So I don't hate Jordan Lyles. He's 27% owned. They're both on the road, though, right? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. So that, okay, 27% owned. And, yeah, we're, we are reaching a little bit. Now, Mike Leake typically plays pretty well at Safeco. Pitches pretty well at Safeco, and he's got the Angels and the Red Sox. Yeah, can't do it this week. Exactly. Right. Like, maybe we could go with Mike Leak if it was, uh, you know, the, the Rangers and the White Sox or whatever, but those matchups are among the Even worst. if it was the Angels and the Blue Jays, yeah. I would be interested, but Angels and Red Sox, that's two of the top six offenses in baseball, I'm pretty sure, and it's just, it's hard to trust him. I, I wouldn't recommend adding him maybe in a points league. Okay. Not, he's not striking anybody out either, Mike Leak. All right, so let's do some news and notes. Hey, Vladimir Guerrero got moved from AA to the disabled list. He is on the seven-day DL with a leg injury. They say it's not serious for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Rich Hill could return as a relief pitcher, so keep an eye on that. Everything I had read was that they wanted him to be in the rotation, but yesterday I saw a note that Hill could come back. As yeah, not not as not permanently relief pitcher, just relief pitcher in lieu of a rehab assignment. And he threw a hundred pitches in a recent—I don't know if it was a simulated game or something—but he threw a hundred pitches off a mound with okay. like sixty of them. Yeah, with like a he's he's pro- this was his idea from what I read, and it's probably just because like guys, it's only it's only a matter of time before my next injury. Let's make right. sure these innings count. Uh, JD Martinez left with back tightness, but they said it was not serious. This is the second time in about a week now, less than a week, um, but not serious for JD Martinez. Same with Carlos Correa. He's expected to be back from the side soreness this weekend. Next weekend, we could get Elvis Andrews and Ronald Acuna back. Here's a potential trade and, and something to keep in mind. JT Realmuto has a good chance of being traded. According to John Heyman, Realmuto, uh, the Nationals were checking in on him a couple of weeks ago. Now we, we told you, preseason about Christian Yelich and how much better he had been on the road than at home at Marlins Park. JT Realmuto, you look at his previous two seasons. His road, his home OPS, 643 and 633. 
His road OPS, 893 and 897. This year's actually been great uh, at home, 885 OPS, 927 on the road, but it's a small sample size. Bottom line is, a change of scenery for so many reasons could be great for JT Rayamuto. And he appears to have made some some improvements to his game so far. You know, he's he's hitting the ball with a lot more authority. He's hitting in the air a little bit more often. Uh, his, it certainly does look like he's an improved player, and he was already a top six catcher. Right. If he gets traded, I mean, I think it'd be kind of a sneaky play to try to trade for him right now. He's sort of just like in I the just, back I, of people's minds. Yeah, but he's been like the second best catcher in baseball since he since he returned from the DL, right? Probably. He's been really good. He's been one of the few who It's going to uh, be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. It'll, you'll have to pay a premium for him. Even if they're yeah, maybe he does improve marginally with a better supporting cast, but you're it's it's I I don't know that it's a really a buy low situation. Yeah, no JT Romuto owner is like, "Oh, man." I wouldn't been call a rough it, year. I wouldn't call it by low. As just by high. Yeah, knowing that he's probably going to get even better. Uh, okay. Zach Britton could be back on Wednesday. Josh Donaldson may come off the DL today, but probably not. Boston sent Jalen Beeks back to the minors. He had Scott, a, don't you do it? What? What? I was, uh, Scott I was, was making, in a, Scott was on one last night. I was making Beaks puns left and right <laughs> on Twitter last night. It was for the birds. That, <laughs> that wasn't the pun. That wasn't a pun I made. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a little sample after Chris told me not to. Um, <laughs> this, this was, you know, I was on a run of like one tweet after another for a while and then I, and then I put together this one. Um, this promotion of Beak, uh, oh sorry. This promotion beaks of desperation and beaks volumes about the beacon state of the Red Sox <laughs> farm. Those beaks in the front office ought to take their beaks out of their spreadsheets and consider their beak futures once fans are subjected to beaks and beaks of this beak sauce. That's, that's not really a pun. Those aren't puns, really. They're just like rhymes. That's beak Scott White. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I think it's terrific. Good job. Jalen Beeks. Jalen Beeks had a really bad first inning and then he settled down pretty nicely, but he's back in the minors. Homer Bailey will make a rehab start. I don't know. I don't know why I put that in the notes. Chris Davis, according to ESPN, <laughs> is reading, uh, ESPN this morning. Chris Davis is apparently on pace for the worst season in baseball history or among yeah. the very, very worst. Yeah. I have him in one of those home run derby contests. Uh, luckily we're allowed to replace him, so I think I should probably do that pretty quickly. Uh, Brian McCann will come off the DL today. So, are you guys thinking that Max Stassi will no longer be relevant soon? Fantasy relevant? I'm, I'm actually not thinking that. He's, he'll be less relevant. He's been better than McCann this year. I think McCann's in the last year of his contract, right? Um, and they were, it was already kind of a 60-40 split even before McCann got hurt. So, at catcher, like, I could see it being a situation where, kind of like, um, you know, Suzuki hasn't been, Kurt Suzuki hasn't been as valuable since Flowers came back, but, like, at a weak position, he's still worth rostering. All right. Jordan Zimmerman will make one more rehab start before rejoining the Detroit rotation. He spells his last name with two ends, by the way. Kenta Maeda could be back next week, but probably not, probably the week after or so. And Dennis Santana was supposed to start yesterday for the Dodgers, but he has a lat injury, and he will have an MRI today. Hey, Chris. 
Hi. What is Scott Hello. White's favorite game to play with his kids? Um, sorry. Hide and go beak. Okay, uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, real quick. Juan Soto. We have not, I don't know that we've really talked about him since his first couple games. Juan Soto or an all of a sudden pretty hot Andrew McCutcheon. Hey, real quick. Soto or McCutcheon? I'll, I'll say McCutcheon. Yeah. I don't feel great about it. Yeah. Uh, because there is, there are no apparent holes in Juan Soto's game right now. Uh, you know, it's only 14 games or whatever, but. Like, like the, he's making contact. He's hitting the crap out of the ball. The, if you want to pick a nit, he has a 51% ground ball rate, which is a little higher than you would hope for from a big yeah. power hitter. But yeah. he's yet to hit an infield fly ball. He has a 47% hard contact rate. Uh, honestly, the reason I think we haven't talked about him is because he has, and I use, I use air quotes, only two home runs. Now, it's two home runs in 16 games, which, you know, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, you, when you have somebody like Austin Meadows hitting five, it, it's like you're you're a little underwhelmed by Juan Soto's and home run total, even though you have no reason to be. And he was 100% owned 12 hours after he got called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Soto has nine walks and nine strikeouts. He's been very good. And Adam Eaton could be back as early as today. I don't, I don't think he will be, but he could be back. Um, oh, Famous last words. Here's a, here's an, an article that I wish I had read before the show, but with Eaton nearing return, how will Nats configure outfield from MAS, from MassInSports.com? It's a good question, guys. If I, maybe I'll just read it and then I'll update everybody. So let's do that. Hey, Would real you like quick. like us to talk while you? Well, we'll go to the next hey real quick. This one I really think is pretty interesting. Hey, real quick. Ozzy Albies or Scooter Jeanette? Well, that's, yeah, I think it is interesting. I actually moved Scooter Jeanette from that 12 to 15 range in my second base rankings to like sixth or seventh. The last time I did a, a, a you know, a, a full audit of the rankings. And Ozzy Albies has kind of cooled off. Um, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, he has. He got uh, like a 700 OPS since the end of uh, April, I think. And meanwhile, um, Scooter Jeanette is proving that last year was completely valid. If you look at his 365 day line, you're talking at OPS over 900, uh, more than 30 homers, more like 120 RBI. Um, I mean, he looks like a stud in his own right. So I, I still think Ozzy Albies is a more well-rounded player with a potentially higher ceiling. But uh I wouldn't fault anybody for preferring Jeanette. And that might like obviously Ozzy Albies has more trade value than Jeanette right now, right? Like I, I think that yeah. perception has Ozzy Albies way ahead still. So that may be something you could take advantage of. Yeah, like I think the answer is probably Jeanette, but I feel stupid saying it. <sighs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> It's really interesting. And Jeanette, by the way, is crushing lefties this year. If you said any of this, I'm sorry I was reading the article. No, we didn't. I don't know that that's going to continue, but Scooter Jeanette is batting 364 with four home runs and 66 at-bats against lefties. Just looks absolutely and so, awesome. Since the start of May, he had a 988 OPS in April. He has a 677 uh, since the start of May. Albies. 
Albies. All right. So what was the answer? Albies or Jeanette rest of season? Who would you really take if you were, you know, came I, I I would really take I would really take Albies, but um, but it's close enough that I would consider marketing Albies to the scooter Jeanette owner and see what else I could get back with Jeanette. Okay, let me read this from MassInSports.com. General Manager Mike Rizzo and Manager Davey Martinez have insisted all along, if Soto's in the big leagues, he must play on a regular basis. They won't stunt his development by having him come off the bench, which means the only way Soto stays is if someone else is removed from the lineup, which has led to speculation that Michael A. Taylor is about to lose his starting job in center field. Of course. Who else would uh, uh, Continued. Okay. Since May 20, Taylor ranks second on the roster with a two ninety three batting average, three forty nine mm-hmm. on base, and six doubles. He leads since the club when? since May 20th. Oh, whatever. That was a week ago. Hold on. He leads the club during that span with 10 RBIs and in slugging percentage. Taylor's gold glove caliber defense in center field has remained a constant all along, and it's the reason Martinez has repeatedly cited in insisting Taylor's job is safe. Well, so what? You're thinking Soto could get sent down to the minors? Uh, Or or Eaton loses here. I don't know. What? I mean, it'd be crazy, right? It's got to be Taylor. Yeah, well, they, no. they gave up the farm for Eaton, and he's been awesome when he's been in the lineup. Right, right, but he's not been in the lineup. Yeah, but he's about to be in the lineup again. Until he's not. Like, I, I just, I don't think it's crazy to think that Adam Eaton might only play four or five times a week for the next month. That's, that's yeah, and then after that, maybe it sorts itself out. You know, I Bryce Harper has a history crazy. of injuries. Michael Taylor, I think, had an injury last year, and he just doesn't hit. So, I would guess Adam Eaton's, it's going to be rough sledding for a little bit. All right. Uh, Well, that will do it for today's edition of Hey Real Quick. Thank you guys for killing time while I read that article. Uh, Yo, listen, fathers out there, and people who want to give their fathers an awesome Father's Day gift, or if you're just very, very hungry, please go to omahasteaks.com right now, omahasteaks.com, and take advantage of an absolutely unbelievable deal that we have for you. Type in FBT in the search bar. So it's not exactly an offer code. It's not a URL. Just go to omahasteaks.com and type in FBT in the search bar. I just absolutely cannot wait to tear into all this food that they gave us. You know, you, you get this. It's it's only forty nine ninety nine by the way. It's 78% off, and I'm going to tell you how much food you're getting. You could feed a village with the amount of food you're getting from from Omaha Steaks. They're going to deliver hand-trimmed, flash-frozen, and vacuum-sealed meats directly to your door in an Omaha Steaks cooler. Then just throw it in the freezer, and then whenever you're ready to cook, you're going to cook. they got pork, poultry, veal, lamb, bison, seafood, and vegetables, all the highest quality cuts with a -a one-of-a-kind flavor. All beef is USDA inspected for quality and aged for 21 days to unlock the full flavor and the tenderness of the cuts. So what are you getting for $49.99? Two fillets. Two top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four steak burgers, four gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all beef meatballs, one pound of fries, a little dessert for you, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, and you're going to get four more grill-ready Omaha steaks burgers free with your purchase. So I've had a few people tweet me. Uh, they're getting excited about it. They show me a picture of the package. I've seen it myself. It's amazing. And it's a limited time. So get on this $49.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and type in FBT in the search bar and get your Father's Day package added to your cart. Go to omahasteaks.com, type in FBT in the search bar. I have a follow-up from yesterday's Fantasy Regulators, which people really seem to like. Uh, remember the guy was helping 
his friend got into a fight at work, got sentenced to 90 days in jail. I'll never forget Adam. And, I, I have some thoughts on this. And he uh, he's helping the guy out with his fantasy team, but at the same time sleeping with his girl. So we got to follow up. Thanks for hearing our situation on fantasy regulators. Update. The CO at County, I'm, I'm guessing that's corrections officer, at County listens to your podcast and knew who it was. I guess they count fantasy baseball as gambling and won't let me visit anymore. We debated kicking him out and ultimately, ultimately determined he violated our league's conduct code. We have narrowed down his replacement to make my karate instructor or his old boss. I'd like to go on the record and clarify I am seeing his girlfriend and she is better looking than his wife. <laughs> And that is it. So apparently this guy's married. I, I'm really, I hope this is true because it's so I, funny. But now I've been scoping guys, out this guy's Twitter account. Guys, he seems like a jokester. It's I don't not, buy it. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like this, the follow up email, it was, it was a step too far. All right. You got to know when you can let the joke mellow. Uh-huh. And this was a moment to let the joke mellow. The, the corrections officer did not get back to him 12 hours. Right. Like, Right. Come on, guys. Yep, yep, yeah, I know. Let's, you let, karate instructor. Don't That's believe just... everything that you read on the internet. Or hear on the podcast. But I, I had a feeling it might be false, but it was so funny anyway, and people enjoyed it. So thank you for the comedy. And maybe it's true. Maybe we're wrong. And if it is true, you know, congratulations. Great story. Let's, uh, we usually have the worryometer Wednesday. Sometimes we have thuriometer Thursday. Today it is furryometer Friday. How worried are you about Tommy Pham? I know Chris is worried about Tommy Pham. He has voiced that recently. But Scott, what about you? Uh, in his first 32 games, Fam had a 10.42 OPS. In his next 22 games, he is batting 179 with six walks to 29 strikeouts. Now he he crushes lefties, and only two lefties in those 22 games. Only two left-handed starters. But it's been an extended slump for Tommy Fam, who did hit single twice and scored two runs yesterday. Zero to ten on the worryometer, or on Friday it's the furryometer. What do you think, Scott White? <laughs> I'll I'll go four, which isn't very high, um, but it's not you know, it's not there are no concerns either. The only reason there are concerns is because of his history with vision issues that you know were brought back up again prior to the start of the season, then quickly put to rest by his performance. But it, it feels like something that's never going to go away for him. Um, like I, I think, I think I read in the off season he's like legally blind in one eye. Um, but he does have three two hit games in his last four. I refuse to accept the legitimacy of the furryometer. Why? Just to put that out there. <laughs> um, I'd be a ten on the furryometer, by the way, as everybody knows I'm a fairly hairy guy. I'd be more like a seven. Not that. Um. I'd be a, I'd be like a two. Are we not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I, Tommy Pham over his last eight games has only struck out two times, so it's a it's a roller coaster ride, baby. Because over his previous fifteen games, he had struck out twenty seven times. Yeah, right, I so mean that's the thing. Like, I just, if this happened for any other star level player, like I would just say this is baseball. Yeah, right, right. All right, so so then let's talk about your rankings because you still have him as a top twelve outfielder. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you take Starling Marte over Tommy Pham? Yes, that's why. I, that's why I rank them that way. And have, I know my ranking. Like sometimes I have these ranking revelations wait, on the air, but you have Pham. Uh, no, I've, I've given a lot of thought to moving Pham down and decided there's just 
Like there, there's not a good there. There's nobody who's really standing out in the next tier enough to enter that elite tier. Oh wait, wait, wait. So you would take Fam or Marte? I would take Fam. Okay, so you you, you said it backwards. I asked, you, oh, would shoot. you take Marte over? Sorry, Pham? that's okay. I, I will I will phrase it like this: Will you take Fam over Marte? You're gonna take Marte. Would you take Fam or Christian Yelich? Who would you rather have? What? I would take Fam over Marte. Yes. How about Yelich? Okay, the way he's, okay. Uh, I would take Fam over Yelich, yes. Alright, so not, not moving him down. Okay. Now I did move Benintendi ahead of Fam. That it was something I was willing to do, because Benintendi was showing that, okay, this guy's elite now. Um, yeah, you know, I forgot to mention him. Um, I was gonna use him as my standout, Benintendi. So he homered for the second straight day against a lefty. Let's let's look at Benintendi. He's he's like the number four outfielder in fantasy right now, and he's just been on an absolute tear. Three seventy eight with nine homers, three steals, and a twelve fifty nine OPS in his last twenty one games. In those twenty one games, only four left handed starting pitchers on the schedule, including each of the last two games. And Benintendi has homered twice. So if you look at his stats against lefties this year, he now has a two thirty five batting average with three home runs. So I don't really want to doubt Benintendi. I mean, we we kind of you know Heath had him as a breakout. I don't remember Scott did. You can tell me. Um, I didn't, but yeah, like uh, there's potential. I mean, the thing is, he didn't need to do much to go from really good to great. You know. Well, he needed to hit lefties, and okay. uh, he's hit, he's hit a home run in two days in a row. But if we go back, if we had had this conversation two days ago, Benintendi would have been hitting about two thirty with one home run against lefties. And maybe I'd still have some concerns about Benintendi truly being elite. Know what I mean? Not I mean? I don't think he's elite, uh, but he's very good. Isn't he the number three outfielder in points leagues? Yeah, probably. And, Brodo, he's, and, he's and like right I there. see nothing about his stat line that's uh, that's like okay, this guy's playing over his head. They, you know, they it's haven't not, faced it's not like he has some crazy high BABIP or whatever. They've only faced uh, the seventh most. Uh, Seventh fewest at bats against lefties in baseball. That's, I guess that's my only, I wouldn't even call it a concern, but thing to point out with Benintendi. I mean, you, you can, you can nitpick. Right. Like his batted ball data is not elite. And like he does play in a good park, but that's a park that is actually pretty bad for left-handed power hitters. So, but like, he's, he's very, he's bad at ball data as an elite either. Like it's not like sure. It's not Andrew like Benintendi's not Jose Ramirez. No, but like he has a twenty-five percent hard contact rate. That's low. Yeah. Like that's like slap. Well, you know what? Let me ask but, a more general question. Let me, let, me his, ask, let me ask a more general question. Sorry. Andrew Benintendi's first month of the season was it really that great. He, he basically looked like he looked last year. Like he's fine. Yeah. Now he's had an unbelievable stretch of twenty-one games. Is that enough to say he's an elite outfielder? No, he's not. He's not an elite outfielder. He's I very good. He like, like, I, I don't want to say is. like I don't want to say he's bad. He's very good. But I I would rather have Starling Marte in a roto league. Like I think you're underestimating just how good he was in fantasy last year. Like he was borderline elite last year and it like I said just a minute ago, it didn't take much for him to elevate himself to this next level. Well, why do you say he was borderline elite cuz he certainly was not in roto? The, a guy who hits 20 homers and steals 20 bases with a, you know, you know, he's, like he's not Michael Taylor with the batting average. I mean, um, he hit like 270. It's not like, I mean, that's pretty close to a lead. Uh, well, I mean, I think you're being a little liberal with that word. Cause that's not, we know he's not a lead. I mean, he wasn't, 
He was kind of an accumulator. He, he might be elite now. I I lean against it, but mostly because like he was the number forty eight player in baseball in fantasy last he was year. The, he was the well, number forty eight. Yeah, that like that's like, that's a Jay first Br- round pick. Jay Bruce wasn't elite last year. All right, so yeah, I'll okay. just give you the numbers. Benintendi was fifteenth in points, seventeenth in roto last year. He was very like he's. I think he's very good. I think he's improved. At outfield. Um, so how many elite outfielders would you say there are? Six? Yeah, something that like that. That's, yeah, okay. probably. All right. Maybe All right. I, maybe I just have a more liberal interpretation of that word then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think a number two outfielder is elite. <sighs> he's number one though. He was number two last year and now he's ascended to number one. But is he, yeah. is he really that good? You know, uh, yes. is he? Okay. I think so. Like it, there's, there's nothing he's doing dramatically unsustainable here. Sure. Okay. So then, um, you know what else is elite? The draft app is elite. The draft app is really, really fun. I hope you guys are playing. Please sign up and use the promo code FB today on the draft app or at draft.com. When you make your first deposit, use the code FB today. Why should you play draft? Because just ask yourself a couple questions. Do I like, not, not me, do you out there, do you like fantasy baseball or football or hockey or golf or whatever? Do you like snake drafts? Do you want to do more of them? How about every single day? How about as many as you want? How about starting at just $1? Oh, do you like money? Yes. So you can get cold hard cash, get paid out the next day on the draft app. All right, it's time for our fun game. How did Ad- how badly did Adam lose on the draft app yesterday? Oh, I won! I won! I came in first! I had Mike Leak. Yes! Nelson Cruz, Evan Gaddis, Mitch Hanniger, and Jorge Soler. I whooped you listeners! I'm getting on a little bit of a streak here. All right, I came in first. Um, so that was fun. See how much fun <laughs> was, I just had? That was some fine acting there, too. I, I saw, uh, completely genuine. Completely genuine. I oh, did you, not look until just, looked just that now. up on the spot? I'm not the, I'm not the liar from Fantasy Regulators. I'm okay. telling the truth. I was, I was thinking this would be a great instance for our podcast <laughs> to be like out there on video somewhere. Cause that was some, that was some fine work. No, I just assumed I lost because I usually lose. But no, I won. See how fun that was? And it took like two minutes to do the draft. It was great. I competed against five people. Anyway, uh, four other people. I won the, the draft and I won $4.50. So, uh, again, sign up with the code FB today. When you download the draft app or go to draft.com, the code is FB today. You will get a free entry into a real money league. Also, today on the Sportsline DFS podcast, we're going to do a bonus episode to tell you about best ball fantasy football drafts on the draft app. We'll probably do a draft on there as well. All right, uh, let's talk about some streaking hitters, guys. Time to look at players that have been very good lately. Well, Evan Gaddis won me a draft tournament last night. Last 23 games, he's batting 289 with nine home runs and a 1033 OPS, only a 228 Babbitt for Gaddis in those 23 games. And he got off to a terrible start. All right, I'm going to make a statement, uh, and you tell me just how crazy it is. I wouldn't be surprised if Evan Gaddis is the number two catcher in fantasy baseball going forward. Um, I think there's a big enough cluster, and I think Heath came into the season with him ranked as the number three catcher. I think there's a big enough cluster post-Sanchez between, like, Posey in his diminished form and Real Muto and Yasmani Grandal the way he's hit this year and maybe Wilson Ramos. I I could see Evan Gaddis bashing his way into that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is this is this is like how um how I could see things playing out for Jay Bruce, by the way, where oh he's awful, he's awful, he's awful, and then he hits ten home runs during a 
uh, stretch of nine home runs during a stretch of 23 games, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it happens. Uh, Cody Bellinger has homered in three straight games, guys. Uh, are, are we, are we optimistic here? You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. what was I gonna say? There was something I wanted to, yeah, forget it. I'll let you guys talk about him. He had a, he has a 773 OPS so far. And, um, yeah, discuss Cody Bellinger. He's, uh, they've talked about, I think he got too pull heavy was the, uh, was the narrative and he's trying to hit the ball to all fields more. He did hit an opposite field, uh, an, an oppo taco, I believe is what the kids call them <laughs> yesterday. Taco? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Then, and he said, yeah, right, he's thing. trying to, he's trying to spray the ball around the field a little bit more. So, um, there has been also some analysis. I can't remember if it was the fan graphs or at the athletic about how he's really struggled with high fastballs. Not necessarily surprising because he does have a big uppercut swing. Um, but he's good. I'm not, I'm not terribly, terribly worried. It's nice to see him getting hot. Mm hmm. You know, there, there are enough flaws in his game to, I think, have a little bit of concern about him joining the upper echelon of hitters, but I'm not, I don't think I've ever been terribly concerned about his start to this season. I, I was on the, I was getting close to where I was going to bench Cody Bellinger. Um, and the Dodgers have five games coming up this week. They're one of the five teams with only five games. So it would seem like an opportune time to make that move, but I don't think I could risk it with the way. With him homering in three straight games, I think the upside in a singular week is too high. And their matchups are pretty good in those five games, by the way. Bellinger. Bellinger, yes. Matt Olson is 93% owned, so people did not drop him. I think he started in over 80% of leagues. And in his last seven games, Matt Olson is 11 for 27, five home runs. So, hurrah. And he's batting 286 against lefties this year with two home runs and 70 at-bats. But at least he's not, you know, terrible against them by any means. Um, all right, Matt Olson, is he, uh, do you, do you expect him to be, you know, as good as you thought he would be preseason? Uh, not that good, cause I thought he would join, like, I thought he'd be one of four or five players with a shot at 50 home runs, and I'm, you know, past that now, but he's going to hit between 30 and 40, and be borderline must start, I would say. Cool. Matt Olson. And then, uh, uh, we were going to talk about Jack Peterson, but we already did. So Scott Shebler is 39% owned. I think maybe the first or second time we've said his name since the season started. Scott Shebler batting 464 with three home runs, one walk, seven strikeouts in his last seven games. Three homers and a 464 batting average and a double in his last seven games. Scotty Shebler. Anybody want a piece of Scott Shebler? 39% owned. I'm kind of excited about him in like a Jock Peterson sort of way where I don't think you can do it in a three outfielder league yet, but maybe in a five outfielder league. The biggest change is that the Reds have abandoned their four outfielder rotation because it seemed like every outfielder was slumping as a result of that. Uh, Jim Riggleman said, we're just going to try three guys out there and see who gets hot. And Shevler's gotten hot. And like he's, he's, even though he's a left-handed hitter, he's better against lefties than righties. Like, there's no reason that he should get stuck in a platoon role. Obviously, we saw him hit 30 home runs last year, um, and he's doing some things that are, are you know, he's made some improvements from there. Now, the ground ball rate is low, suspiciously low for a guy with 30 homer potential, but I think when you're talking about this is just a guy can get for free off waivers with 30 homer potential. You don't worry about that so much. You don't worry about that until he's established a certain level of value. 
So who would you rather have, Shevler or Jock Peterson? I would Peterson. 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 Yeah. Right. Uh, Adam. Yes, sir. Can I do one? Oh, yeah. There was a discussion. I was listening to one of the podcasts that I wasn't on about Jose Altuve. Do you remember when that was? No. It was last week, I think. Okay. Um, anyway. So the discussion was about how he's not running. Fact check. Jose Altuve is running. Yeah, he stole base yesterday. He's been he has running. seven yeah. steals in his last 17 games. That's he's nice. up to nine on the season, I believe. Uh, so he was due. He was due. Now, now exactly. I'm just going to say he's not homering, and hopefully uh, he, he's due to homer. Yeah, he is. Hopefully due to homer. Uh, he you is think the, he's going to homer more often now that he hasn't homered very much? Oh yeah, he has to. <laughs> well, that's a serious question. Do you think he will? <laughs> no, it's not a serious. Adam, question. no. Okay, I don't think that. But you know. No! Stuff happens in bunches. We're not doing it Stuff again. Stuff happens in bunches, that's all. No! It we just had bunches. a pedantic debate about the word elite. We're not doing the coin flip debate again. Who would you rather have rest of season? Jose Altuve or Jose Ramirez? Uh-oh. I, I actually did move Jose Ramirez ahead of Jose Altuve, uh, but I still had Jose in, in, in the last trade chart I'm talking here. But I still had Altuve as the fourth overall player. It was less about him falling than Ramirez becoming... Um, maybe the second best player in fantasy. Like, I, I think it's a clear three at the top of the fantasy rankings now. Trout, Betts, and Ramirez in some order. Trout, Betts, and Ramirez. I mean, yeah, but like, isn't Nolan Arenado still there? Isn't Altuve still there? Or are They're, they, are they in the same group or is it like one, two, three, and then so dot, dot, I, dot? Four, the way five? I view it is there used to be a tier of one player. Yeah. And now there's a tier of three. And there used to be a tier of like nine players and now it's like seven or whatever the yeah like Jose uh, yeah Arenado's right there I mean he'd be a mid first rounder but nobody's nobody should take him over Ramirez or Betts or Trout okay well then how about we talk about let's see we got a lot of stuff here I want to get to the most added list why don't we do the most added list I've got some underrated storylines I want to talk about as well but um, to make sure we save some time for two star pitchers and who to add. Let's talk most added players in fantasy baseball. So, you guys have any fun weekend plans? You'd be more likely to than I would. I don't I, care anymore. I got the most added list up. Thank you. Uh, for I plan time. on purchasing the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for the Nintendo Switch, and I'm going to play that. You're I, you're late to the party there, right? That one's been out for a while. Yeah, I've been I've been saving. It. I've got a, a I've got a half. trip coming up. Have you guys oh, okay. Have you guys ever beaten the original Zelda? Yeah, I have never beat a Zelda game actually. And when I say I actually uh, I say I haven't played a video game in a year and a half. The last video game I probably played was more recently than that. But it, I think it was the original Zelda when I was home uh, on, on paternity leave and having to entertain my uh, then two year olds. Uh, now he's three. I just, I just thought he'd have an easy, I thought watching a Nintendo game would be something he would take to, and he did. He wanted me to play Link. <laughs> so I did, I, I didn't beat it, but I have beaten it in the past. It's really Smart hard. Kid. It's a Link's really hard. Past. Smart right. kid. He right. knows that the main character's name is Link, not Zelda. Most added, exactly. most added, most added. Clay Buckholtz is number one. We did sort of, uh, throw some, some cold water on that. He is a two-star pitcher though. He has the Mets and the Pirates next week. Clay Buckholtz was not <laughs> mentioned. In our two-star pitcher segment earlier. Uh, all right, Max Muncy is fifty-one percent owned. What do you think about him? We haven't talked about him in about a week. Max Muncy. I well, I think he's 
I think he's pretty good. He, he's triple eligible, right? Yeah. Third base, base, outfield, first base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it makes him a little more interesting. The bar sure. is lower when you have that kind of flexibility. I think the power's legit. I think he's going to walk enough to make up for a subpar batting average. Um, that I do wonder about the playing time in the long run because Kemp looks like he's good and Jock Peterson's obviously coming on and uh, you know Cody Bellinger sticks around and we know Justin Turner's a fixture. That, but I there was rumblings a couple weeks ago that they might try Muncie at second base where obviously the Dodgers could use some help. So we'll we'll see. But right now I'm leaving him for roto leagues. But I think he's I think he's legitimately good. That's Max Muncie we're talking about. Uh, got by the way, Scott, remind me prospects report after we do the uh, most added list. So the top four players on the most added list are all owned in fifty to fifty seven percent of leagues. And if you could just pick one of them, who's the most valuable? Do you think Buckholtz? Muncie, Ivaldi, or Ben Zobrist? Uh, ben Zobrist? That's a really uninspiring list for me. I, it might actually be Muncie. Yeah, I think it is Muncie. Okay. Yeah, so Zobrist's Zobrist, definitely not an everyday player. Zobrist does matter again. He's not an everyday player anymore either, but since coming back from the DL April 28th, I was actually writing an article about um, part-timers who matter, which is why... I had a lot to say about Shebler and Peterson, but Zobris was in it also. Since April 28th, when he came off the DL, he's the number 14 second baseman in points leagues, which obviously isn't a stud, but that's somebody who matters in fantasy. That's perfect because I own him in a 14-team points league. There you go. <laughs> ben Zobris. All right, the next group is John Ryan Murphy, Frankie Montas. Um, well, they're owned in 35% of leagues. And uh, would you drop Max Mo- – uh, would you drop – Drop Max Stassi for John Ryan Murphy. Probably not. I'm, I might. I might. They're like, John Ryan Murphy has shown a lot of power this year with a dramatically improved fly ball rate, and Alex Avila is terrible. Like, I think there's a clearer path to regular playing time for Murphy. Um, I have a little more confidence in the Stassi skill set, I guess, but not, it's not such a wide gap. I, I think I'd pick Ryan. If you were in a shallow league, who's more appealing to you, Brandon Nimmo or Mitch Moreland? Nimmo. Yep. If you were in a medium-depth league, who's more appealing to you, Junior Guerra or Joe Musgrove? Joe Musgrove. Musgrove. Okay. And uh, I think we're good here. We talked about Derek Dietrich, 23% owned. How's that ownership sound to you for, for Derek Dietrich? I think it's probably a little low, but I get why it is as low as it is. He might make it on the top ten sleeper hitters for this week. I like the Marlins matchups. They're one of the few teams playing seven games, and they have a few hot hitters right now. He is – I looked it up yesterday. He was the number five second baseman – no, number five third baseman since over the last 28 days. And the last guy is Carlos Rodon. Rodon is supposed to start tomorrow. He's 56% owned. So it looks like if he starts tomorrow and they stay on schedule, his first two starts of the year are going to be at Boston and home against Cleveland. So welcome back, Carlos Rodon. Maybe make another rehab start. Yeah, I would, um, I'm more interested in, in him than anybody else we've talked about in this segment, and I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess maybe Musgrove is, no, he's not close. I like yeah, Musgrove, I... but Rodon has, Rodon has Blake Snell upside. He he should probably be more like 76 to 80% on the 56 right now. Okay. Carlos Rodon. So, prospects, Scott, if you could tell me in a, a minute or two, 
who do we need to own right now? And I will, you know, not include Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Well, no, I mean, this, I guess things change with the injury. After a rush of big call-ups in the last month, we feel like we're kind of stagnant right now, uh, especially with Vladimir Guerrero on the DL and uh, reports from the MLB network that the Blue Jays are considering promoting him to AAA in the next month. Like, just such an unfavorable combination of words considering how good he's been at double A. Um, I still think he does come up this year and I want to say it'll be sooner than later. He's far and away the most owned prospect in fantasy and should be. And if you drop him now, you're not getting him back. So keep, keep the faith there. Uh, Aloy Jimenez is also on the list of prospects to stash at this point. I haven't seen any rumblings about the White Sox not calling him up this summer, and he's certainly pushing for it with his performance in double-A as well. Um, I would also keep Willie Adamas pretty close in leagues where you need shortstop help. And I would also say, uh, yeah, let's just go with those three. Are there any pitchers, Scott? Uh, not, Not who I think are really worth stashing in a league of any... Yeah, unless it's a really deep league. Uh Colby Allard, I think we're getting close to seeing him in the majors. He has a two ERA, a triple A. But he also has a low strikeout rate, and so it's not it's not clear he's going to be an impact player for fantasy purposes. Uh John Duplantier for the Diamondbacks, before Clay Buckholtz kinda took the world by storm. He seemed like somebody who may be verging on a promotion, but now he's on the DL. So it, there's not there's not anybody who's really catching my attention okay. right now. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Willie Adamas, Eloy Jimenez, keep those guys stashed. Let's do some emails. Um, actually, no. Let's let's go through something real quick here. I'm going to tell you a guy who pitched yesterday. You give me a quick thought. One or two sentences. Uh, yeah, three to four sentences. One to four sentences. Cole Hamels. I'm worried about how he'll pitch in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, he's pretty close to must start for me, but he does have home run issues. Nick Pavetta, three bad starts in a row, or three disappointing starts in a row. Yeah, disappointing. Not really that bad. Every pitcher's allowed that. More than a strikeout per inning. The overall numbers are still very good. He's good. All right, Uh, Miles Michaelis. I love Michaelis. I wish he struck out more hitters, but I think he really thrives in the other two areas that make a pitcher dominant control and ground balls and he's must start i've become decidedly less skeptical about him as we've gone on jameson tyone his his secondary pitch is now the slider that he learned how to throw literally a month ago (laughs) uh which is really weird he got four swinging strikes with it on 26 pitches last night which is okay it's not great um but he didn't have any swinging strikes with his other pitches so that tells me that it's probably a weapon he needs moving forward. I remain more interested in him than I am, like, impressed. Uh, but I think better days are ahead. That was like eight sentences. That's uh, No, it was, there were a lot of semicolons. <laughs> Rank those four pitchers. Hamels, Pavetta, Michaelis, Tyone. Hamels, Pavetta, Michaelis, Tyone. Michaelis, Hamels, Pavetta. Uh, Hamels, Tyone, and Pavetta. So Michaelis, Hamels, Tyone, Pavetta. Yeah. Pavetta, Michaelis, Tyone, Hamels. Ooh. And uh, you guys, anybody interested in Matt Boyd yet? 
Mm, not really. <sighs> yeah, interest is too strong. Okay. I believe he's usable. Okay. He's been incredibly lucky. So we got two star pitchers, and then I'll finish with some emails. Let's take a look. I think we can probably do two star pitchers fairly quickly, but uh, here we go. So, are there any studs who have tough matchups that we would consider sitting? I'm guessing no. This is always when I scan it. I apologize. Um, yeah. Uh, Dylan Bundy has Boston and Miami. We're going to start him, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. I saw Boston. I didn't see Miami originally. Um, all right. Here's a kind of tougher one. Tanner Roark at the Yankees and at Toronto. I'd start him. I think I'd be okay sitting him in a roto league. How about John Gray at Philadelphia and at Texas? I'd start him. Yeah, um, yeah, two starts on the road. That, that's a guy I'd probably sit in roto, but at points leagues, I'd give it a go. Jake Odorizzi at Detroit and at Cleveland. See, he's he's below the 80% threshold, so I could talk about him as a sleeper, but Cleveland's lineup is just so good, and he's so vulnerable to home runs. Like, I, I could see that second to start being a disaster, so I'd rather not. Though they're easy. All right, Sabathia is okay. I mean, you gotta you can't start Chase Anderson, right, against the Cubs and the Nationals? No, y'all got to drop him. He's like 77% on still. Well, would you rather have next week, Scott and Chris, uh, Odorizzi at Detroit and at Cleveland or Sabathia, Washington and Tampa Bay at home? Sabathia. I think I'd rather have Odorizzi. <laughs> Trevor Williams at Arizona, home against Cincinnati. He's been bad recently. I don't trust him. And we don't trust Buckholtz against Pittsburgh and the Mets? Nope. Uh, now, Wheeler doesn't show up on this list. At least he didn't as of last night. But I'm pretty confident he's making two starts and – um let me see if I can pull up those matchups real quick because he's been he's been good lately. Those would be at and Atlanta he, and at Arizona. And he has yep. been. Uh, I think he developed a splitter that he's been throwing a lot more lately. He he worked it into his arsenal over the last couple of starts. I want to say so. Okay. I feel like when I usually I, I look at it, it's pretty much always fastball slider with a couple of you know single digits in there, third and fourth pitches. But um, but regardless, he's. Getting strikeouts at a decent rate and um, not letting the walks become an issue. I think he's used, like especially for that because of that second starts at Arizona, which is now a great place to pitch. Uh, if if you really need to get that extra start in your lineup, he's useful. And uh, I don't really know. So we said earlier Mike Leak is okay, but we were kind of nervous because of the Boston start. Chris has some interest in Jordan Lyles. That's probably it. Sam Gavilio at Tampa Bay and home against Washington. Any interest there, guys? He's 11% owned. No, I don't think so. Okay. So, with that said, I have two segments remaining, and I have about five minutes. One is eight emails in four minutes, and the other is pitchers to stream over the weekend, which I forgot to do. I think it's a good idea. We got a few suggestions from listeners. We should do that. One of us needs to read the emails while someone else looks at some pictures that could be streamed over the weekend. Chris, which responsibility would you like? Oh, I would much rather not have to look at streaming pictures. That sounds like way more work than I want to do. You read the emails. You have four minutes to get to these eight emails. Scott, answer them, and I will search for some some pictures to stream this weekend. Scott! Yeah? Teddy wants to know, give up Otani, get Kershaw. Grade that trade. I will give that trade a B. 
Dear Adam, Scott, Heath, and the other guy. Okay, Brian. I see you. Brian. Kentucky. <laughs> I see you. It's fine. Scott and Heath rang Domingo Santana about 30 spots apart. He would love to hear them discuss that ranking disparity, but you're not going to because Heath's not here. Scott, what is your take on the Domingo Santana disparity? Heath has him 39th in head-to-head. You have him 68th. I wonder, I wonder if Heath knows he has him 39th. Should um, we tell him? Maybe, because I don't, I do not, I don't see the justification for that. He, he might lose his job. Yeah. I think he should lose his job. Uh, <laughs> when, when Eric Thames comes back with the way Jesus Aguilar is hitting, uh, the power just hasn't been there. And it was a really fine, like, he really had to thread the needle to put together the stat line he had last year. Yeah, he year. basically needed to be like the best home run to fly ball ratio and the best BABIP in baseball. Yeah. To be very good. Not working out. Mr. F. Mr. F. Mr. F. Dear Michael, George, and Buster, is there anything in Jose Martinez's batted ball profile to suggest that more power is coming? His lack of power, aside from the home run he hit yesterday, has been concerning. Yeah, the batted ball profile, he's not really a power hitter. Like, I I think he hits the ball hard enough that he could flirt with 20 home runs. Last names? That's not his game. Jose Martinez. T-Money wants us to grade a trade. Dear Bruce, Arnold, Chuck, and Sly, trade Reese Hoskins and Jack Flaherty. Get Jose Abreu. Hoskins and Flaherty for Abreu. In a 12-team rotisserie league. Abreu is the best player, but I think... I don't think it's a wide enough gap between his and him and Hoskins. Um, C minus. Uh, yeah, C minus. Sean, 10 team categories league. He's seven and two and has a comfortable lead in first place. Should he drop Ian Hep for Mark Melanson as a speculative ad? Yeah, 10 team league. Uh, Zobris rise has kind of pushed Hap out again. Bill, subject, Sam Gaviglio, is he fantasy relevant in a 12-team head-to-head league or any 12-team head-to-head league for that, 12-team league for that matter, or is it a wait-and-see situation? I don't have a lot of hope in the upside. I guess you could wait and see, but I, I'm, I suspect you're going to wait and have reason to forget about him. Scott, Tom wants to know, over the last 21 days, Gregory Polanco has a triple slash line of 160 259, 280, zero home runs. During that same period, Derek Dietrich, Dustin Fallow, Carlos Gonzalez, and Daniel Palka are crushing it. Would you drop Dan- Gregory Polanco for one of those four? No, they're just, they're too low ends. And there are still reasons to be optimistic that Polanco can turn this around and become a must-start caliber player. Um, but that being said, Austin Meadows lurks and he's he's actually stolen the most of bets from polanco so far i just don't think there's enough upside from this group of four to bother matt a very sad orioles fan who wants them to just trade manny machado already wants to know would you drop ryan braun to add jake bowers and who do you think will have the best home runs batting averages and stolen bases the rest of the season i think bowers will have the best at batting average but braun will probably beat him in the other two areas you can't drop Ryan Brown for Jake Bowers. No. I, I. It's probably closer than most people think just looking at the names, but I couldn't do that. No. What was the time there, Adam? Pretty close, I'd say. All right. Uh, well, I, I pretty much finished. 
Let's see what we got here. Let me just see how owned Fernando Romero is. I like yeah. that you're outsourcing now. Probably like 80%. He's I'm going to say 82%. 70%. Okay, Fernando uh-huh. Romero will, will join the... I've got a bunch of guys, so we're going to go a little bit over time today. Uh, all right, so on Friday, today, we've got Mike Montgomery against Pittsburgh. Yes or no? No. Yes. Yolisha no. C in Philadelphia. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm not as comfortable with that, but yeah. Andrew Suarez at Washington. No. No. Matt Harvey against St. Louis. No. No. Eric Lauer at Miami. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> Lance Lynn against the Angels. No. No. Zach Greinke at Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Frankie Montas against Kansas City. No. Yes. Oh, not very helpful. Brandon McCarthy at the Dodgers. <laughs> no. No. All right. Revenge game, though. On Saturday, Kyle Gibson against the Angels. <sighs> That's really borderline. I'm yes. going to lean yes. Yep. Nick Kingham at the Cubs. No. No. Carlos Rodon at the Red Sox. No. No. Danny Duffy at Oakland. No. No. Trevor Cahill at Kansas City. Yes. Yes. Felix Hernandez at Tampa. Yes. No. Dan Straley <laughs> against San Diego. No. No. Domingo Ramon at the Mets. No. Yes. Marco Estrada against Baltimore. No. No. Um, they're terrible against righties. Nate Valdi against Seattle. No. <laughs> uh, no. Anthony Disclafani against St. Louis. No. No. Jose Arana against San Diego. No. Yes. Oh. Clayton Richard at Miami. Yes. Yes. Fernando Romero against the Angels. Yes. Yes. Oh, both yeses. Okay, Freddie Peralta at Philadelphia. No, but nah. I want to watch it. Nah. And Brad Keller at Oakland. No. Nope. Okay, I'm not sure. It seems like Trevor Cahill was a was a yes. Yes. Um, Clayton Richard was a yes. Fernando Romero was a yes. And maybe Yoli Chassin at Philadelphia was a yes. Man, Clayton. Clayton Richard, that was a dark horse pick. Yeah. You both said yes to that. God, my should be Jose Arana. Scott ruined it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Please enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. See ya.